Hello and welcome into the sports show here on 99.3 U Central Radio. I'm Preston Poole alongside my co-host Chris Baker. Chris, how are you doing today? It is wonderful. It's uh, not too great weather, but it's doing all right. It's a Tuesday. It's a good Tuesday. We had a lot of football and uh, ready to get talking. Yeah, and of course you can follow us on Twitter at uh, the bake is here at Preston Pool 405. Uh, send us some questions, whatever, interact with, with us that way. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into our first topic today. Uh, Chris, you were up in uh, Stillwater this weekend for the OSU game. Uh, OSU took on the Tulsa Golden Hurricane yep. in what was a close game, really, almost all the way through until basically the very end. I mean, they looked like they were playing last week. Yeah. Not this not this weekend, but the week before. It looked like they were playing that week because Big 12 did not have a good representation. I think if they would have played week one and wouldn't have had their game pushed back to uh, this past Saturday that they would have ended up losing just because of how the Big 12 worked last, you know, yeah. the week prior. And, uh, uh, but yeah, they didn't look they didn't look great at all, but at all. things started turning around as soon as one thing happened. As soon as Illingworth came in uh, over after, so Sanders went down, he got yeah, hurt probably quarter. like, I think it was like the second drive or, or the first drive, and it might have been the first play or whatever. No, he had a couple, he had a couple, he, he was two for two, for like 39 yards or something. I think it was um, a second second drive. Because anyway, it was still in the first quarter. Anyway, he got hurt pretty early in the game. They brought in Bullock. And I'll tell you what. I mean, just being in person at the game. Which, by the way, I'll get into it later. Uh, about the atmosphere of being at a game. I'll get into it later. But when he came in in like his first few, play, few plays, you knew he just wasn't the guy. He's just not the guy. And before they even came in. Uh, I have a buddy of mine who's a big Oklahoma State fan, and and we had talked prior that he was interested to see if something like that did happen. He was hoping it wouldn't, obviously, but it did. He's like, I wonder if something happens, who they bring in as backup, because he wasn't sure. And sure enough, they brought in Bullock to start with. Yeah, and from what I understand, the reason that Bullock did come in is just because Ellingsworth wasn't able to practice because he had to been uh, out due to contact tracing. Yeah, yeah. Um, things so like he that. had he had the more reps in practice and whatnot, but nonetheless, I think if you're and this is what I under how I understood it uh, from this big OSU fan who follows it religiously, um, is that he, he, Gundy wasn't isn't making the decision on that. It's it's the offensive coordinator. He's he's making that decision because he holds reign as offensive coordinator of what they do. And Gundy, I, is there I, I just want to stop you right there. Uh, if if you think Mike Gundy doesn't well, have no, like Mike Gundy, I no. But what I'm saying is he puts in trust in that offensive okay. coordinator. Right. He, and and when he's sees things going wrong, then he'll say, hey, make a change or I'm taking over control. But he puts in trust in the offensive coordinate, uh, the offensive coordinator. Yeah. That's just what they're there for. That's what they're supposed to do. And sometimes you get the offensive head coach who puts a trust in the def the defensive decision making in the defensive coordinator. So it's just the it's just how it is. Yeah. And I think he gave that trust to uh, I can't remember his name, the offensive coordinator. Brady, can you look that up? Um it's uh, I literally I can't remember. I just it's on the had tip, his name in my it's on head the tip of my tongue. Uh, Casey Dunn. Casey Dunn. Yeah. yeah, he puts the trust in Casey Dunn to make those those decisions. He let him have it. He let Bullet go, and then at some point he might have said, "Hey, this isn't working. It's just not working." Yeah. And we're playing Tulsa. You got to switch it up. Give Give Illingworth a shot. And, uh, and as soon as he did, that's when the game changed. The game changed the whole atmosphere, the vibe of the game, the the flow, the energy. It absolutely changed, and they started making uh having successful drives. Yeah, and uh, I, I forget the linebacker for Tulsa, but that kid played out of his mind. Yeah, he did. Uh, I mean, the the Tulsa defense is actually they weren't that bad. I mean, they weren't that bad at and all. The Oklahoma State offensive line is atrocious. It's, it's very bad. It's yeah. so bad. It's probably the worst aspect. If they had a decent offensive line, they'd be a really good team, especially when they put in Illingworth, uh, and hopefully they get Sanders back. But that team is pretty good. They didn't use Chuba to uh, the ma maximum uh, potential, but I think that was just due to because as soon as Chuba's in, they know what to do, stack the box. But L.D. Brown had a huge game. There was a couple runs that got called back uh, due to penalties, but he did have a huge game, and he was very impactful. And then they didn't even start using Tylen Wallace until, like, the third quarter. I Which think is mind-boggling because yeah, that guy is. made some insane I catches. I mean, it's understandable. They're going to yeah. double-team him. They're going to triple-team him even maybe, put a spy on him. Uh, but – it's insane that they didn't get him any ball, any uh, targets really in the first half. Just throw like a, a jump ball to him because they did that like a couple times well, there, I mean, and he he caught it every single time. So yeah, that's I think the game plan for them is Illingworth just is like, hey, I'm gonna put a little air under this thing. 
you're one of the best receivers in jump balls in the nation. Uh, you just go up and get it. Yeah. And that's what he did. I think it was his first catch was a, was like a 34 yard pass on the sideline where he went up and came down with the ball. And then another one later on about, I don't know, two or three drives later, he had one where he had to uh, wrestle the defender in the air for the ball. And he, he came down with it. And that's just what he does. Tyler Wallace, that's just what he does is he goes up and gets the ball and he's good at it. And he's, and he's really fast once he gets the ball. So his yards after is pretty, usually pretty good. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, interesting to see what this team can do if Spencer Sanders does come back. Uh, just mainly because that offensive line, man, I just can't get past, like, I don't know how they're going to be able to keep Spencer Sanders in the pocket to be able to throw it downfield yeah. like that or even be able to establish a run game with Chuba Hubbard and LD Brown. Because uh, you saw, like you said, mentioned, Chuba Hubbard was getting hit immediately as soon as he got the ball Saturday. almost assume yeah. yeah almost immediately uh I, I think it will be interesting i think uh it's actually going to be today today's tuesday it's going to be today that oklahoma state he either i think they said he is either going to come out of the boot because right now sanders is in a boot yeah and today's either today he's going to come out or they'll have to uh extend him being in a boot obviously i guess those are the only two options but It'll be interesting if he does come out and he's healthy. I if he if they decide to go with him, I think they do. I mean, he's the veteran quarterback there. I mean, he's not. It's not like he's a senior or anything. I think he's a junior, retro, retro junior, maybe. Uh, I believe he's a retro sophomore. sophomore. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, he's got the time and the experience there, so they'll they'll put him in. It's just if he doesn't do too great, do you go back to Illingworth? I think with that offensive line, I think you got a better potential of Sanders being able to get the, get around and. His elusiveness um, and just having that one more year of experience under his belt. But I will say this, Spencer, Spencer Sanders, the, the few plays he was in for, I mean, he obviously only had two passes for two completions, but they looked pretty good. And a couple, yeah, he no got doubt. a couple, obviously there was a couple flags on his passes. He looked pretty good. Um, his And supposedly his his accuracy has improved greatly over the, over the summer. I know they didn't have too much option or, um, uh, opportunities to do that yeah. because of practices being limited and whatnot, no spring games, but supposedly his accuracy has improved over the summer. And at first it did seem to be like that. So if that's, if that's the case, I think you do have to play him. I think you do have to play him over, over Illingworth. Yeah. And um, I was just trying to, I had something on my mind, but I, I just forgot what I had. Uh, what do you think um, Mike Gundy, his job security, if the season goes South? Well, who else are you going to get? I mean, this is this is the argument for a lot of Oklahoma State fans is who else are you going to get? Mike Gundy's not a bad coach. It's not that he's a bad coach. It's just hard to get those players in. And that's why this year is so crucial for them because this is the one year they have a really good team. They don't have an offensive line, but if they can work that offensive line and get them better, they're a pretty good team elsewhere. Their defense is pretty good. Obviously, they held him in that game. I mean, you're playing Tulsa, so it should be pretty easy. But Tulsa, Tulsa was pretty good on the offensive side. They made some pretty good plays. Uh, but this is his one year to get it done, and uh, he's got all the pieces. They all return. They basically all return except for the line. They obviously couldn't. So they're basically all there. This is his one year to do it. And if he doesn't get it done, who knows? I mean, yeah, you have Illingworth for another four years, uh, and so or uh, however the. Um, his, you know, eligibility works this year yeah. because it's all weird. So you got him for another three or four years. Are you going to be able to replace Tylen Wallace? Are you going to be able to replace Chuba Hubbard? You know, it's it's questions like that. Are you going to re be able to replace the DNs and the corners that you have? Yeah. And it, it's it's questionable, but it's like, who, who, who else are you going to get? You have to keep, I mean, you almost have to keep them unless you have a way, way better opportunity already. Like if there's a coach that's available, that's like, I want to go to Oklahoma State. Well, then you have to be like, you got to consider it. But if, if there's not that, you kind of, you're kind of not really stuck with them, but that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think Mike Grundy is a great coach. For, he He's a perfect fit for Oklahoma State. He he lives and breathes, uh, you know, Cowboy Boy. Yeah, I think he's their most successful head coach uh, of all time, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to uh, say yes or no to that. I don't yeah. really know, but I mean, he's got to be up not, there. He's definitely up there. Yeah, 100%. Um, They've had winning seasons for, I think they're, they're one of the most consecutive winning seasons is like 15 years in a row yeah. that they've won. They've gone over 500 and yeah. there's like five other teams that have done that. And it, you're starting to see his like uh, recruiting 
um, or lack of recruiting show up kind of like in that offensive line. Uh, of course, he still has, you know, Tylen Wallace. Uh, well, they just Chuba got Hubbard. a commit out of uh, a Stillwater High School linebacker. I cannot remember his name. They just got a commit from him. So that I think he's a pretty highly recruited uh, linebacker as well. Yeah. So so that's pretty big on the defensive side. But yeah, that offensive line, they got to replenish that, uh, especially going forward with Illingworth, you know, Sanders too. Sanders too. You don't want, you, you can't risk Illingworth going down as well. You just can't. Yeah, I think if the, you want to, the yeah, if you want a shot at the Big 12 title uh, or even at the playoff this year, you have to have Spencer Sanders um, healthy for one and establish the run game with Chuba Hubbard because that in turn is going to get the pass game with Tylen Wallace. Well, I think it's actually the other way around. I think you have to get that pass game going. If the, if the pass game's not working with the Sanders, you're going to have to change it up. Well, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think it will matter how good his uh, escaping is from the pocket, like if he's able to get out and check down and whatnot. If he can't get that passing game going, it doesn't matter because you'll never get that run game going. Yeah, got to have won't. time to throw it too. Uh, I tell you what, let's go ahead and take our first break and then we'll come back for uh, quarter two. Sounds good. And uh, this is the sports show here on 99.3 U Central Radio. <laughs> Hello and welcome back here to the Sports Show here on 99.3 U Central Radio. I'm Preston Poole alongside Chris Baker. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Vegas here at Preston Poole 405. Uh, last quarter, we got into a little bit of OSU talk against their uh, game with the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And uh, Chris, you were actually at that game. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about the atmosphere at the game because I haven't been able to get out to an OU game or any type of collegiate uh sports um yet this fall uh football wise so i was wanting to know what the atmosphere was like there at boone Pickens stadium yeah so i had the opportunity to go to the uh osu game this weekend with club seats so i was up a little higher a little away from more uh people i, I don't know what the percentage is for how they're doing it in terms of like 25 or 50 percent fans uh, but I will say this, I, I saw pictures and I, I watched games last week of the first, you know, big week of games for Big 12. And OU had a lot of fans there. I don't know if they look like they were doing OU's a lot of at 20 percent. Yeah, capacity. It, it looked all right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to be like, yeah, everyone's completely social distance. Like, yeah, it's just not like that. It's just it, it's that's that's the reality of it. Uh, some people wish it was perfect, but it's not it's not a perfect world. Uh, but I, I'll say this on o Oklahoma State. I felt like they did do a pretty good job of uh, being pretty, I mean, as distant as you can be. Uh, the student section might have been the only like contained area, but they're already like basically quarantine, not quarantine, but like they're already on campus, like amongst each other. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, the atmosphere was different. Like when the, when the crowd roars, it's almost like a, Meow or something, you know, it's not a real I'll, roar. Uh, I'll go ahead and take my jab at Oklahoma State right now. That's just a typical home game at no, OSU. But uh, see, I've been to a few. <laughs> I've been to a few games there, and and they get pretty rowdy up there. They do. They pack the house quite a bit. I mean, like, yeah, if it's a day game and they're, yeah. they're winning by forty, but that's everywhere. Like, no one wants. No one really sticks around, and uh, places like dwindle out as the game goes on, and you're crushing the other team. Uh, but I mean, it's it's it wasn't that bad, and and. The atmosphere, the energy is just totally different. Like yeah. the the like when you're at a game, say Bedlam. I mean, say Bedlam where it's a packed house, whether it's in Stillwater or in Norman, it's a packed house. The and I've been to I've been to two Bedlam games. Have you been to any person? Uh, I've actually been to one at each stadium. Okay, so, so yeah, I've, same here. Actually, I've been to one at each, and and it's just a packed stadium. It's insane. Yeah. It's a crazy time. It's loud no matter what, almost, and you just don't get that at a Tulsa Oklahoma state game, but especially with a lot less crowds and it's different. It's just different. Um, it's, and I wonder how it is for players. We'll have to try to get a player uh, that's playing maybe on the show and see how it is. Like what's the energy like on the field when you're playing compared to, you know, recent years or, you know, years past, I guess. Yeah. It's and uh, I actually, I've not talked to a college player, but I've talked to some high school players um, through my, my other job uh, doing play by play for high school football. And, you know, obviously, uh, it's a little bit different with high school football uh, because there's not as much fans that can even be into the, in the stands. But uh, they they did say that they noticed it's a, a different atmosphere uh, for them playing as well. Um, even though most of the games that I've been to have been shoulder to shoulder uh, in the stands, but 
they they the players are noticing that it, there is a difference um you know in the atmosphere yeah and i wonder like i said i wonder what it is like for like these big d1 schools yeah. where you're used to seventy thousand people exactly uh, in yeah. the stands now you got 25 maybe 20 and so it's it's got to be a different beast and a different animal out on that field with with the crowds but uh but i mean people up there they, there was mat you got to wear a mask get in you got to wear a mask everywhere except for i think if you're like sitting down and eating yeah. and, and drinking. But like, I felt like it was pretty socially distanced enough that like for, for my case, there was like no one around us for like 20 feet, at least you pop your mask down for a second and tra- take a drink and eat some food and then yeah. put it back on when you're walking around and when you gotta go to the bathroom, if you gotta go to the concession stand or whatever the case may be, put your mask on. It's not that I hard. think it's more of the case of just being respectful for the people that uh, are around you and just, Throw the mask on if you're walking by someone. Yeah, and people, uh, if you're going, if you're going to a game anyway, you know the risks. Yeah. So like, you know what you know what you're taking on, and you know what you're doing. So it's not like people are oblivious to what's going on. It's just you, human nature. You're gonna make a choice to do it. Yep. Uh, but I mean, in, in other terms about the uh, atmosphere and like how things are different. I noticed too that the NFL fined a few coaches. I don't know if you saw that. So I was curious on how they were going to handle that because some coaches in the NFL were wearing masks. Some oh, okay. weren't. I was, I was wondering. Where you're, yeah. So coaches, like, I think it was Pete Carroll, Kyle Shannon, Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks, Kyle Shanahan out in 49ers. And I think one other, it I want to say, I heard that someone caught McVay. It might've been uh, McVay. I, I, there was another one there. There might've been, I think it was three or four, but I know it was Pete Carroll and Kyle Shanley yeah. for sure. They got fined a hundred grand. Wow. And then the team got fined 250 grand just for them not wearing their masks. So the NFL is taking that pretty serious in terms of the coaches wearing it on the sidelines. Uh, players, obviously, I don't know if it's obvious, but like they don't have to, I guess they're playing, they're in contact yeah. with each other. I guess it's like, they are, I don't know. They're and they're tested anyway. So it's almost like whatever, but yeah, it was interesting to see that the NFL was doing that. I was curious on to see to see if they were going to handle coaches. Let them not because Andrew Reid's wearing a shield. He's not wearing a mask. I don't know how they count that. Some places don't count shields as yeah. Masks. Which week one that thing was fogged to the max. Yeah, and then he went the smart route. He got in touch with the hockey guys and yeah. said, "How do you keep your visors uh, defogged?" And so he got some defogging technology. And uh, it's also like screwed into the brim of his cap, which yeah. is funny, and it's like molded to it. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty interesting and, and soon we'll have some more interesting things coming up because the big 10 starts, uh, as of right now, they, they are starting back up October 24th. It's like the second to last weekend or maybe the last weekend in October. Uh, and that's going to be interesting to see how they are handling it. I don't think they have any fans because they almost didn't have a season. Yeah. So they're probably not going to have any fans. And if they do, that's just wild to begin with, because then then you're basically saying you canceled the season. Now you're backtracking to being like, oh yeah, we actually could have done, we could have started at the same time everyone else did. And we're seeing basically almost every conference backtrack uh, to try and get some type of football played. But my big question about the Big Ten is, are they going to be able to play all their, what, eight games in eight straight weeks? Yeah, so they are planning to have an eight game conference only schedule over the course of eight weeks with a championship weekend played amongst with a final game played amongst, I think all teams will play, yeah. but there will be like obviously the one and two or the one and one teams will play from their divisions. Yeah, and we've seen like uh, even this week, Kansas State is coming down to Norman to play OU, and uh, Chris Kleiman, the K State head coach, didn't seem too uh, positive about the state of his team uh, yeah, with quarantine seem, he didn't seem and confident all that. that. They'd be even to be able to field a team. Yeah, uh, so he said that. They would hope by Wednesday and Friday that they they would be there. But uh, from the quotes that I saw on Twitter uh, from his teleconference yesterday, it, it didn't sound too too bright. Uh, and we know last week OU had uh, troubles uh, down to the do- deadline on Friday uh, to, to be able to play, to have enough players uh, not in like contact tracing uh, and things like that. And uh, I think we've seen that the virus isn't what's knocking most of these players out. It's the contact tracing because uh, I I think one guy on uh, OU missed uh, 21 days due to contract tracing, never had the virus. Uh, so that's something that I want to see how the Big Ten is going to handle that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they end up having to, you know, say say week two, Ohio State plays Penn State week two of their, their season. If one of those two teams, whether it be Ohio State or Penn State, plays their week one, and then, you know, Tuesday rolls around, 
and they find out they don't have enough players that they can't play practice the rest of the week and then they can't field the team. They're going to have to, you're going to have to postpone a game. I mean, do you push it to the, do you just like push it, push the championship weekend back another week and play another game? How many times are you going to be willing to push them, push that week back? I mean, you can only push it back so far. Well, And if they push anything back, they're risking not even making it to the playoffs. Exactly. Because so, I mean, do playoff, you do that or do you cancel a game? Yeah. Cause the playoff uh, selection day is the Sunday after the, all the championship games yeah. are supposed to be played. So really at this point they have no choice, but to, either just cancel those games straight up or, yeah. or play them. Yeah, they're exactly. They're going to have to do, they're going to have to either play it and not, I, I think they have to field a certain amount of players. though. I think that's the yeah, part I of think, the deal. I think it's 53. 53. Yeah. I think it's 53 or something like that. And the thing is with the big 12, it's just 53 players with the big 10. It's 53 scholarship players. Oh, really? Yeah. That, so that's okay. going to be another. Well, at least they'll be ballers. Yeah. At least at Ohio <laughs> State, if you're a scholarship player, you're baller probably. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I think if they have to cancel a game, it's going to be tough because, like, all right, say that is the game, Ohio State and Penn State, they have to cancel that. And Ohio State runs the table 7-0, but they didn't play Penn State. I mean, Penn State's a pretty decent team. That's a knock on, they if, say they would have won. That's that's one good win that you don't have on your resume. Does the does the Big 12, or not the Big 12, does the uh, college football playoff committee take that into consideration? Yeah, and you have to think, what if there's a... Eleven and O Clemson, eleven and O Oklahoma, or someone else from the Big Twelve, and you know an eleven and O SEC team, and then there's a seven and O Ohio State. Yeah, they canceled Penn State. They couldn't even play their probably best team that they'll face this year, maybe second best, depending. Uh, I had to double check that schedule, and and so yeah, I mean, what would they do? Do they put in Clemson or do they put in a ten and one team over a seven and O? Do they put in a nine and O team that got their two games? You know, say Clemson a, a loses out team, two games, even a two-loss team. Yeah, exactly. Dude, say Clemson gets two games canceled and they're nine and zero, and and Ohio State's seven and zero. But say Clemson has their Notre Dame game canceled. That's their yeah. best team. Everyone else in the ACC kind of sucks. Which, by the way, Duke, oh, abysmal. And but <laughs> thankfully, Navy came back in their game, and that was great. But yeah, I mean, they're gonna have to. It's gonna be a tough decision. But that's just what this year is. I mean, that's that's as expected for every sport. They're all dealing with it. Baseball, basketball. Uh, hockey and football. They're all dealing with these weird things and weird uh, situations that come up that they just spring up and you have to, you have to be flexible. That's basically the term of the the year. 2020's word of the year is flexibility. And that's what the NCAA and, and college football playoff committee and big 10 teams and big 12 teams and SEC, all these guys, that's all, they're all going to have to be flexible. Yeah. And we're going to see, you know, how this is going to play out coming up into winter uh, getting here, see how all that plays out. Um, with uh, the virus and, the SEC and all that. starts this weekend. Yeah, the SEC starts this weekend. A uh, lot of college football on this weekend uh, and a lot of NFL that happened this last weekend and coming on this last week. So we'll get into that here in the third quarter. Uh, this is the sports show here on 99.3 U Central Radio. <laughs> Hello and welcome back here to the sports show on 99.3 U Central Radio. I'm Preston Poole alongside Chris Baker. Uh, Chris, let's get into a little bit of the NFL action that happened over the weekend. I know personally my biggest story was uh, the rookie of the year quarterback uh, yeah. starting for L.A. out there and just absolutely torched the uh, Super Bowl champs out there and uh, pretty excited about that. Yeah, I know uh, I was pretty excited for you when that happened. I think I tweeted at you uh, on Twitter. I said... Uh, what did I say? I said Rook or I said uh, Justin Herbert for the yeah. start or something like that. And you, I didn't know with your response if you had known that or no. if you were worried. And to be fair, Herbert found out about ten seconds before yeah. the kickoff. So, uh, and I hadn't even been able to pull up the game on my computer yet to even start watching. So I saw that and I like immediately started scrambling across my apartment to get everything open just to see it. And man, I, I know they lost, but. That defense played amazing and they lost, but I would say that was a win uh, in terms of looking towards your, towards your future. Yeah. And of course, uh, Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers is saying, you know, if Tyrod's a hundred percent, he's going to be the starter, but I'm sorry, Anthony Lynn, it, at this moment, after what we just saw from there, I don't care if they lose every other game of the season, just start him and let him get his experience. Yeah. And I think let's go from there. I think Justin Herbert is going to be a stud in the NFL. 
I think he's going to yeah. be pretty good. As long as, and I know you're excited to hear that. <laughs> I know you like hearing that. Smiling ear to ear yeah, right now. Yeah, you really are. Uh, but I think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. He had a lot of poise. I think part of it was, I bet you, and this is just a uh, speculation, but I, I bet you the head coach, Anthony Lynn, was like, hey, man, like, you got to go. I know it's last second. You might not be mentally prepared. Just go out and play your game. Just yeah. go out and have fun. And he was like, all right, like no pressure. Let's just play football. And, he's, and, and uh, he basically did. He had yeah, a great no. game. And he he made, obviously he made some rookie mistakes and they, they were actually kind of big uh, mistakes. He had the interception there late in uh, the fourth quarter when they were driving down. They could probably could have got a, f- a field goal there and been up by two scores. Uh, but I mean, look, he made two, three rookie mistakes and you can't say that about other rookies that start, uh, you know, in their first game. I, I haven't seen, a, you know, uh, a quarterback play like that, like starting his first game since maybe, uh, and even Baker Mayfield didn't even start, but he came back and brought the Browns back and beat the Jets. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just excited I for think, the future. Yeah, I think that aside from those mistakes, how well he looked on all the good stuff was really good. I mean, he, like I said, he was very poised. I mean, to be that poised in the pocket and have that awareness and then even his checkdowns and even the, the throwaways that he had, they were all just smart. I mean, yeah, he had those few mistakes, but you're just going to get that out of a quarterback when you're playing a, a pretty, pretty good team. I mean, I would say the Kansas city chiefs are pretty good, right? They're a decent team, right? <laughs> So when you have a, you're going to have a few mistakes when it's your rookie rookie year, first game. And uh, by the way, you thought you weren't playing yeah. until two minutes before kickoff yeah. or whatever it and was. To be fair, he probably thought he wasn't even going to play this season at all. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think all that with all that said, I think it was a great, great first showing for him. Um, I heard a lot of, I heard a lot of Patrick Mahomes talk about him being a bust. Yeah. But uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I think he just had a bad game. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. And I think the uh, the Chargers defensive line with Bosa and Ingram and um, all them down there, that they were able to get pressure on him to really just mess up their game plan that they had. And uh, s- sorry to cut you off, but speaking of Bosa, and I'm not talking about Joey. <laughs> yeah. But his brother, Nick. Yeah, yeah actually, sadly, let's get into some of the injuries yeah, uh, from this past weekend. Yeah. Sadly, there was a lot of lot of big name injuries, just a lot of injuries across the board. I think I heard from Adam Schefter that this past Sunday there was four torn ACLs, and it was the most that he could remember in yeah. recent memory. Two in one game on the same defensive line with Forty yeah, um, ers defensive line, Sullivan is, Thomas, and um, it's disintegrated. Yeah. Disintegrated. Those guys being down for the year, um, the. The uh, I can't remember Brady. Who's some of the other guys that went down? Yeah, Brady actually has a list for us. So just go down that list and let us know what some of the uh, the injuries were. Yeah, this is per CBS Sports. Uh, counted there's 17 major injuries of note, five of which and. I just learned yesterday, six of which are season ending. Um, for the 49ers, Jimmy G had a high ankle sprain. He's out multiple weeks. Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas both had ACLs, like you guys said. And running back Raheem Mostert sprained his MCL. He is out multiple weeks as well for well, the 49ers I mean, a alone. Few, some few big names, too, is, uh, and it didn't break my It broke my heart for the player, not for the team, because they, they can't break my heart anymore. I'm not going to let them. <laughs> the New York football giants. Yeah. Saquon Barkley went down, and that was tough, man. Oh, that's just so tough to see for him. He's such a good running back, and that team is letting it, letting his, just letting his talent go, and not having that line, and it's just all these things, and then to have this injury come up for him, it's just, I mean, it's heartbreaking for him. But uh, as a as a Giants fan, I guess I just I'm kind of used to it now. Uh, ever since they won that Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl in 2011, they really haven't done anything. Uh, and, and it's heartbreaking. But another running back is Christian McCaffrey. He's down for a couple weeks too. I mean, it's yeah. it's big name after big name after big name this week. Yeah, and it's it's tough, man, because uh, you like to see all the big time players get out there and be able to play. Yeah, and I will say this: I just uh, th- this morning we had they had there was some breaking news for and and you never want to see someone go down, and I don't want to see anyone get hurt or lose not lose their job, but you know because of injury not be able to perform their job. But Drew Locke got hurt, and so 
the Denver Broncos have to do something. And who better than the boat? They bring in the boat, the boat Blake yeah. Bortles, <laughs> best of all time. He's going to go in there. And you know what? I'll say it. I think he's going to succeed with the Denver Broncos. I think they'll do good. I just, I just do. He's got uh, a, new, a new opportunity. <laughs> and I think he'll, he'll uh, bring him back to maybe not the promised land, but I think they'll do good. I don't know that, uh, that AFC West is, uh, is pretty sacked. What do you got over there for us, Brady? Uh, I hate to break it to you guys, but Vic Fangio did come out and said, Jeff Driscoll is still the starter for the Broncos. Well, yeah. I mean, they just yeah. signed, they just signed Blake Bortles this morning and oh, come Sunday though, when he's got four days of practice <laughs> under him, he'll become the starter. The only difference between Bortles and Driscoll is that uh, Driscoll can throw it over 40 yards in the air. All right. Well, Brady, that might be it out of you from uh, NFL because we will have no Blake Bortles slander on this show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it was an insane week of injuries where, one after the other after the other. And then for the 49ers to have two on their defensive yeah. line, that is huge for them. Obvi- I mean, of course, not of course, but like they're just, they're not having a great start to the season. It's only two games in, but to have your two, two top linemen go down second week of the season, it's rough, especially with the, how the Vegas Raiders are looking. They played the saints last night and I don't know if it's the saints played bad or the Vegas Raiders play good, but they're looking pretty good out there. And so 49er. Oh, well, I guess you're not even in the uh, same. They're not in the same uh, division. Wrong yeah. yeah, wrong conference. <laughs> Dang. But nonetheless, they still got to deal with Russell Wilson. Yeah. And, and Kyler Murray, which the Cardinals yeah. are looking pretty good. Yeah, you know, I, I I saw something, and I don't know. This might be a bad take for these parts, <laughs> but there's a lot of people saying Kyler Murray for MVP. Slow your roll. Like, it's only second week of the season. Like, see how he does. I I think he's good. I'm not saying he's not good. But you got Russell Wilson up there putting up insane numbers. And I actually don't like Russell Wilson. I'm not a fan of him. I don't know why. I'm just not. And you got him up there putting up numbers. Like, insane numbers. If I mean, he's the early get for MVP. But Tyler Murray, I think it's a little too early to say for him. He's still young. Yeah, he's having a pop in two games. But let's let's let this play out for 12 or – I guess fourteen more weeks. Yeah, and I I completely just blanked out on who the, who they played this last weekend. They played the. Okay. Oh no, not the, sorry. Yes, yeah, we'll take, we take that back. Team. The football team. Uh, so they went out and they beat the football team there. Uh, where did they play? They played that one in Arizona. I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, a good showing, but uh, let's get into uh, a I local. One, okay, one, yeah. one more, one more uh, NFL topic because it's just it's it's tough for the Houston Texans. To have oh, their first yes. two games to be Chiefs, Ravens, back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, that's just tough. Ravens look great, but it's just tough that they the Texans had their first two games. I mean, they're 0-2, but they're not an 0-2 team. Yeah. I mean, they just they just got bad draw with the scheduling, and they they pulled the defending Super Bowl champs and 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 one of the best quarter, you know, former MVP and Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. And then next game, they get the, the MVP, reigning MVP, MVP yeah. <laughs> and one of the best defenses in, in in the NFL and one of the best offensive, actually. They're probably the best team in the NFL right now, the Ravens. They, they're probably the top team to be. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not reflective of the Texans because that's just a bad get for yeah. them. Uh, I want to keep it in Texas, actually, and talk a little bit more NFL and talk about what happened down there at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Yeah, let's talk about that in the next break. Okay, after yeah. this next break, though, and we'll uh, we'll cover the Dallas Falcons game here after this here on U Central Radio 99.3. <laughs> Hello and welcome back here to the sports show on 99.3 U Central Radio. I'm Preston Poole alongside Chris Baker. And uh, Chris, before we got to the break, we're going to bring up that uh, abominable game that happened at Jerry World down there. Uh, The first couple drives was fumble, fumble, fake punt, fail, fumble, fumble for the Cowboys. Um, Not not a good game for the Cowboys. It was abominable. It was abysmal. It was... It was... Atrocious. Yes. All right. It was an atrocious game. Um, but I will say this there's a lot of points scored. Yeah. They scored a lot of points. I guess that's good. You I like points. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it was just two bad teams playing each other. And it was whenever the when if, if the Falcons go down or go up a lot of points or like kind of early, maybe midway, I think you almost have to 
convince yourself that they're just going to blow that lead because that's oh, just yeah. what they do. Uh, it's just in their nature. It's their brand. That's their brand identity is, hey, we're the Falcons. We're going to go up 28 to three with four minutes left in the third quarter and we're going to lose. And that's just their brand. Ever since 2016, they've been doing it. But another interesting stat I saw out of that game is it's the, it's a it's a first timer for something. So since 1933, I think it was that they started tracking turnovers. Teams that are 39 points that score 39 points and have zero zero turnovers are 440 and oh. Yeah. The Falcons are now the lone loss. <laughs> they are now the lone loss. They scored 39 points, had zero turnovers or 39 points or more had zero turnovers and they still lost. And that's just atrocious. Um, and as for the Cowboys and, and actually to, b- before I get into the Cowboys, they had a great, and this is a Giants fan saying, I don't even want to say it, but they had a great onside kick. I mean, that was like, that was the most, well, one of the most well executed onside kicks. I've actually seen two of them this year. I can't remember the first one. It was in a college game. Uh, I think it was like the first week of the season. There was an, a really well-executed uh, onside kick. Nonetheless, this one with the Cowboys was almost on as as well-executed as you can get, except for the other side of the ball where the Falcons just didn't even try. And, yeah. But I kind of understand where they're coming from because that ball's spinning. It's it's You, you don't know if you're going to be able to get a good jump onto it and a good grip. And if you lose it, if you play the ball before it hits that 10-yard mark, which it almost wasn't going to, it was going slow enough that it like might not have made it. But by the time you realize it was going to, it was going to be too late. And uh, and obviously it was. Cowboys got it back almost without a almost without a fight. Yeah. And they went down and scored, or uh, obviously they scored and won the game. And so, I don't know. I mean, the NFC East, nonetheless, is going to be like a 6-10 and 10 team that comes out of that. It's it's not going to be pretty. It's just not. And the Falcons, yeah. that's their brand. Like I said, that's that's who they're that's who they are. That's who they are. Yeah, and that that NFC East is ugh. that's that's how I describe it. It's just, it is. Ugh. It is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst uh, division in in football. It really is. Eagles are trash. The football team is trash. The the New York Football Giants trash. Dallas Cowboys. Trash. And it's surprising I mean, it's because the Cowboys have the most dumpster fire. talent in that division, yet they just can't put it together for some reason. They just can't. I, I and I don't I don't know what it is about Dallas that's so like they just can't get it. And I don't know. I know what it is with the Giants. They just suck. I mean, they just have no offensive line. They're almost like they're almost like the Cowboys. The not the Cowboys, but the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys, where they do have talent. Obviously, they don't have uh, Saquon anymore. He went down. But you know who else went down, actually, now that I remember, is Sterling Shepard went down. Yeah. So not only did our running back go down, but our wide receiver, our top wide receiver went down. Daniel Jones has no, now almost has no uh, targets around him. I don't think, I can't remember who else, who, who their other receivers are. Slayton. Slayton. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, but Which, still, still, your top Evan two players, Ingram. your top two uh, weapons on, other than the quarterback, obviously, are, go down. And, and that's just huge. You, you already don't have a line. Now you don't have anyone to throw to. So it's just huge. I mean, it's it's sad. Yeah, I'm when, back on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm back on the sad boy train. <laughs> sad times over here. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit and get into uh, some NBA. As this week, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo was uh, named the NB- MVP for the second straight year, uh, beating out uh, the King LeBron James. Yeah, and, and we're gonna send it over to. I want to get Adrian's take on it in a second, but, uh, you know, I actually don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with Giannis getting that nod. Uh, I mean, he, he played well. I mean, he did his game. He played, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an issue with it. It's a weird year anyway. So it's almost like whatever. Yeah. I I have no issue with it either. Uh, but I know that our guy Adrian over here has a little bit of issue with it. So, uh, Adrian, uh, let's see what you got. I have a huge, huge issue with that. One, despite the numbers, because numbers can be tricky and they don't always mean anything. Who's more valuable to their team, LeBron or Giannis? Giannis. I would say Giannis, yeah. If Giannis leaves Milwaukee, they don't have a team. If LeBron leaves LA, they have AD still. Here's the thing. You can't blame Giannis for that. Nobody wants to go play in Milwaukee. But you can't blame LeBron for that either. If he's good enough to put talent around him. When, that he's when good you're, enough to put when you're a generational player like LeBron, and to only get 16 out of 101 votes. Listen, I'm a on. Lakers fan. Uh, I've recently become a LeBron. I've 
re-became a LeBron fan. I used to be when I was a child, uh, <laughs> when he was first with Cleveland. And then I stopped when he left. And then I, I think that's now, probably like the deal with everyone. Our yeah, age, and now, I was the exact since same I'm way. a Lakers oh, fan, no. I grew up Kobe fan, rest in peace. Uh, I've learned to become a LeBron fan, although I also acknowledge that right now, I mean, there's a reason he didn't take the last shot. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, it's also strategy. I mean, it's smart. Draw everyone to LeBron. People, you, you of course, think he's going to take the last shot. Of course. Here, here's my thing with LeBron. Uh, and I'll go ahead and say it. He's probably the best player to ever play basketball, in I mean, my oh, opinion. Go ahead and say it. That's uh, not a hot take. Yeah. I mean, there's... It's probably 50 50 of people. People are 50 yeah. 50 on that. Yeah. Probably. And, and the thing is, is that I think that they have like the effect that he's always like he, well, he won. How many, did, how many in a row did he win back uh, in Miami? I think it was like two or three, something like that. They went the four straight. Um, and so it's one of those effects that like they're tired of the same player winning the MVP every year, but. In turn, when it and the fact is that he should probably win the MVP every single year because he is the best player in the world. Yeah, um, I mean that's probably the argument is like, duh, he is the best player. Yeah. Of course, he's the most valuable player on his team. But is he the most valuable player to his team in comparison? Because, like I said, if Giannis leaves Milwaukee, they are back to being a number one, uh, you know, draft pick team potentially. Yeah. If LeBron leaves the Lakers, as of right now, how the team sits, they're still pretty decent. They're a top I mean, five. I mean, they I mean, not replace, yes, not replace yes, them. But. Yes, they have AD, but you got to remember when, when AD was in New Orleans, he wasn't making it out of the first round. Yeah, but he was in New and Orleans. the Lakers weren't making it to the playoffs yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, the Lakers weren't making it to the playoffs listen, at all. He was in New Orleans. I mean, of course. You, you no one just like, just like Milwaukee, no one wants to go to New Orleans. He's in. He's with the Lakers now. He's where he wanted to be. And he LeBron saw this, could leave. Yeah. He could stay there and still get players to come and play with him. And and, and this is what, and it, like to your point earlier, how they say nobody wants to see the same player win over and over. Like I mean, I argue probably the year after he left Miami and back to Cleveland, maybe not MVP that year, or the next season, but the following season before he got hurt when he first got with the Lakers, he was playing on the MVP pace. Then he got hurt. The Lakers started tanking. They couldn't recover. And then this year, he came out. Everybody was like, oh, it's a little iffy, especially that first game when they he didn't guard Kawhi. You got to remember, LeBron's a seasoned player. He's a vet. He's been doing it 17 years strong, pretty much year 18 now. His only significant injury was a, you know, a, a freak growing pool. Yeah. He keeps his body in shape. He makes sure he stays mentally sharp. And that that stuff triggers down to your team. And in the two biggest games in the year before the NBA shut down, back-to-back -back against the Bucks and the Clippers, he guarded the two best players, and he gave Giannis fish. Giannis couldn't even back him down in the post. Because that's the thing. The, the regular season and playoffs are different. Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes talk about this all the time. Giannis does all that stuff in the regular season, but the thing is nobody cares. When it comes playoff time, what happens? He can't get in the post. He can't shoot. Teams lock him down. Toronto did it last I th year. But I think you also have to realize that this MVP award is a season, a season award yeah, and a not a postseason post award. It's a regular season saying, award. But I feel like they should make postseason a part of that. But that's what the final MVP is for. I mean, yeah. that's... I mean, if you're gonna, if you're the if you're a playoff MVP, you're not getting booted in the first round, right? I mean, if you're the, that's why LeBron is LeBron. He turns I don't it on. Know, in Luka the got booted earlier. <laughs> he, he was kind of playing at that level too. What's that? I don't know. Luca got booted a couple rounds ago, and I, mean, I think not, he was playing better than He's not a Finals MVP. Is he a Finals MVP? No, LeBron Bro. is. LeBron's a four a Finals MVP player, and he turns it on. That's why he makes it to. The, six straight finals or whatever is because he turns it on playoffs. He, he, he's a playoff MVP. If, if Giannis gets bounced in the second round, he can't be, you can't be playoff MVP because you didn't even, you didn't even play the whole playoffs. You know, if, if you don't play the whole season, you're not going to be a regular season MVP, you know? So, I mean, it's, I, I don't have any problem with Giannis becoming MVP this year for second straight season. Now, when it gets to be the third season, it's going to be like, all right, well, yeah, Luca might be better. Maybe yeah. Luca's the MVP. And, and next I year. think that's when the well, fatigue. Luca's definitely Luca's the next thing. He's the real yeah. deal. for sure. That's when the voter fatigue probably sets in. Is after two years in a row, you see, well, maybe there's another player that's you know playing yeah. a little bit better on another team that we might could look at voting well, for. Like, like we that. said, like yeah, I mean, if you talk, if you ask anyone who's the best player in the league right now, 
Uh, yeah, LeBron. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, but he's the best player on the planet. At the same yeah. time, it's like if that's the case, he'd have. I mean, he would if, if he would win it if every you year. Just did that? Yeah, they, they you would tried, just say they, he's MVP every year. He'd have that seventeen MVPs. Why a little too early, especially early with all those commercials and everything, and it's like that kind of backfired. Like it's like the Clippers were so focused on like, yeah, we're the next thing, and then like, oh hey, Denver Nuggets, how are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, I, I was about to say it earlier, but they. AD splash in the face of the Denver Nuggets was, I mean, that was Lakers season wrapped up right there. I mean, they're they're going to the finals, they're winning the finals. If if you saw that splash, you know they're never they're not going to lose. They ain't gonna I, lose. I can I cannot wait for. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say the Miami versus uh, the Lakers finals. That's going to be uh, something else. Uh, and that's going to do it here for the fourth quarter. Uh, yep. Stick around. Uh, of course, our podcast only segment, the overtime will be coming up uh, if you're listening on the podcast. But if not, you can catch us right here on U Central Radio 99.3 Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, that's when you can catch our show. So be sure to check us out. Uh, again, I'm Preston Poole alongside Chris Baker. Follow us on Twitter at the Vegas here at Preston Poole 405. We've got Adrian over here. We've got Brady as well. Thank you guys so much and uh, again we'll be back uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays this is the sports show on 99.3 U Central Radio all right welcome back to the overtime segment this is Adrian Mack here taking over for Preston so we're gonna start with wager or not this week, Preston, Chris. You guys ready? Oh yeah, hit us with us. See what you got. All right. So this week we're gonna start with the Stanley Cup game three. The series is tied one one. Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Dallas Stars. Now they didn't have a consensus pick this week, but I'm leaning Dallas so far in this series. So yeah, Dallas took game one. Tampa took game two uh, Monday night, and uh, Tampa didn't. They I, they I don't remember the score, but Dallas was getting to them. Uh, They're getting under their skin. I think Dallas comes out takes game three. I'll take the Lightning just because. Brady, who you got? <laughs> uh, stars. They knocked off my uh, Golden Knights, so I'm gonna ride that train. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're gonna hit the NBA Lakers versus Nuggets game three. Now the matchup predictor has Lakers at sixty four. Point five percent Nuggets thirty nine point five percent and the spread is negative six point five Lakers with the negative two hundred and sixty money. I line. think uh, on that one, after that way that last game ended on that three by uh, Anthony Davis, I just don't see a way that the Nuggets can come back and even do anything in this series. See, I, it's the the thing about it is the spread is that six point five is, is all right. So I think the Nuggets don't want to go down 3-0 in a bad fashion. Yeah. Uh, I think if anything, they would lose a game four in bad fashion. So I think I think the Nuggets, I think the Nuggets cover the spread, but the Lakers win. So yeah, I think I like Lakers pick, win, yeah. but not six by six and a half. I like that pick. Yeah, because I was I was having trouble seeing like I'm I'm worried still like if the Lakers go up 3-0, I'll feel better. But with the way the Nuggets have played the yeah, last two series. I think the Lakers series, go up 3-0. I just don't think they win this third game. I think the Nuggets give them another good, one more good fight, and then I think the Lakers will put the dagger in it. All right, and so we're going to we're gonna hit NFL, but we're going to skip the Sunday night primetime because Monday night is the game. Ravens yep. versus yeah. Chiefs this week. The predictor has the Chiefs at 40.1%, the Ravens at 59.6%. The census pick is negative 3.5 on the Ravens. Do they have the line on that out yet? Uh, the money line is negative one eighty for Ravens. Okay. All right. Well, I think if this if this game were to be played again in like week sixteen, I don't know if they do play again. But say the Ravens and Chargers or Ravens and Chiefs played uh, week sixteen, I think it would be the game of the year. I think it's probably still going to be game of the year uh, because they're just so good. But I think it's it, it's hard because it's like week three. You know, it's just week three. Week. 16 or something, you're more well-formed, you're more well-developed as a team. Uh, and the, the well. Chiefs are coming off a physical game uh, with the Chargers where they had to go to overtime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, man, I don't know. I really like the Ravens this year. They're, yeah, so they're playing I, I good. Actually, that's the thing is I think the Ravens are clicking early, and so I think the Ravens are going to be able to take this game by a touchdown. So I'll take that Ravens three and a half. Yeah, yeah I bet that line is probably, what, one, two? Like the over... Or not over under, but um, the spread. The spread, yeah. No, I think he said it was three and a half, right? Yeah, it's three and a half. Three and a half. Okay, I missed that yeah. part. Then, yeah, okay, I like that. I um, yeah, I, I'll take, I'll take, I would take the Ravens by 
they basically got to win by four. Yeah. I actually think what Harbaugh's doing is smart. And I think he actually realized that coming into this season because they have run Lamar Jackson a lot less so far. And I think he's trying to get him into shape so they can prevent injury. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, for sure. The, the less contact he has early in the season, the more, you know, the less banged up he'll be. In the, and that in the running stretch. back room in Baltimore is stacked. They have yeah, J.K. Dobbins. Backs, um, well, they have Dobbins, too. Yeah, they yeah, got Dobbins Mark in the Ingram. draft. Oh, wow. And then I think it's Justice Hill hurt right now, but um, yeah, they do have, they Justice have him Hill. as they well. They have him, but I don't know. I, I, th- think, I think I, I saw an injury report. He's probable. Okay, oh, maybe yeah, probable. So, yeah, I'll take the Ravens three and a half. Okay, and then we're going to move on to college football. The primetime game this weekend is a classic Florida State versus Miami. Are the Hurricanes back, or can Florida State get a win, their first win of the season? The census pick is negative 11.5, which is 71% of it for Miami. I liked what I saw out of Derek King last weekend at versus Louisville. So I, Miami 11, 11.5. Yeah. I, I don't want to say the U is back, but uh, they're playing pretty good right now. They are. They really All are. All right. Well, first, a Florida State team that. Uh, I stopped betting on, not betting. I stopped picking on Florida State games when Willie Taggart was there last year before yeah. he got fired. And I always After said Jimbo fired. Fisher left there, it's just been a steady decline for um, the Seminoles there. So I will definitely take. Uh, Miami on this one. Uh, as of right now, this is hard because this is a game I actually want to pick in my other show. So it's hard for me to pick this game right now because I think the lines will change uh, as the week goes oh, on yeah. and my my pick might change. But as of right now, as of Tuesday, whatever it is, <laughs> I will pick Miami to cover that spread. But have you know, you guys right here listening, you guys following me on Twitter. Hopefully you do pay attention because I, I might change that pick. So <laughs> just stay tuned because I'll I throw an not, asterisk by that yeah, one. Throw, throw up <laughs> a uh, asterisk on that pick for me because I might change that. Look, I'm skeptical of both. My best friend's huge Miami hurricane fan, huge Miami Dolphins fan. He's Miami all day. I, I want to believe it. Like I said, two weeks, they play Clemson. That's what we're really going to see. But Florida State's defense is still good when they want to be. I will say that. Yeah, that's that's the thing is, like, you just never know when Florida State's going to click and you never know when Miami's going to collapse. So that's why I got to do a little bit more. Uh, you'll wait till this gets closer to the weekend. You know, it's too early. Yeah. Well, as for this show, rate, rate this in this moment. I'll take that Miami 11 and a half. And, uh, but that was the, that's wagering up. I think you're all done with it. You got any more games, right? Uh, that's, that's all it. we got for that's this week. Yeah, well, that's uh, wagering yeah. up, Preston. I think this was a good episode. This is a really good, uh, really strong episode, I felt. And be sure to follow us. Like it, like we've said, I think Preston has mentioned it a couple times throughout the, the radio segments. And I'll just mention it one more time. Follow us on Twitter at The Bake is Here for myself, at Preston Pool 405, at Mac Adrian for Adrian. Yep. And, Stay tuned. Stay uh, up to date with what we're doing. Stay up to date with what our uh, picks are, what we're talking about. I've been trying to retweet and tweet about uh, games going on on the weekend yeah. more often. And so just interact with us. See what, give us your takes. Give us a, uh, let's, let's conversate on Twitter and see what people are doing. And uh, follow me if you're interested in uh, following along on a Justin Herbert uh, fan account. Yeah, yeah so, so I will be retweeting all the Justin Herbert content on my account. Yep, and I will be retweeting all the Ryan Tannehill and all the Blake Bortles content. He's a uh, fan. On mine as well. So yeah, that was it. That was Wager Not. That's overtime segment. Thanks for listening to the sports show. See ya.